What is good, everybody? This is your guy, Manny, and this is Talking Commanders with Manny podcast. It is a Washington Commanders podcast, and you are on the Talking Sports with Manny YouTube channel. For those of you guys that are watching live, I appreciate you guys. So today's episode is actually going to be the 100th episode of when I started the Skins slash Washington football slash Commanders podcast. Uh, This is now, you know, a whole new name, as, as you guys should know by now. I'm part of a new network right now, so it's been an awesome experience so far. So this is actually the official first episode for the network. So um, y'all bear with me while I fix my headphones. All right. This is going to look crazy. It's all good. Don't know why it looks like this, but it's all good. So um, this being the end review, um, you know, episode, we didn't have the season that we wanted. All Commanders fans actually wanted to, you know, make the playoffs and possibly get a playoff win. It was, you know, steps. Um, this is another year in Ron Rivera's tenure here. Three years in, every year, seven wins. It's like a, a curse. Well, this year we got that eighth win, you know, finally broke that, you know, that curse of seven win seasons. But still, it's still a losing season. We have not had a winning season under Ron Rivera yet. So, you look at the like the landscape of things, like what can you necessarily do to make this a better situation? Well, we're going to look at the stats and just uh, just a review of how this year went. Um, we are lacking at, at the offensive line. The offensive line is not good. We need to improve it. And do we improve it via free agency? Do we improve it via the draft? So lots of things to talk about, lots of things to really iron out. If not, We'll continue to get that same result, that same mediocre type team, that team that doesn't really, you know, go anywhere. I'm going to share my screen just to kind of give the people that are watching a visual. And we can kind of go through team uh, team needs or team uh, team success or team strengths and weaknesses. So I would say one of the biggest areas that used to be a weakness for the commanders was the wide receiving group. The wide receiving group is actually pretty solid it might be the best one of the best positions on the team right now and obviously you can still improve this group so you have terry mclaurin you know obviously wide receiver one curtis samuel wide receiver two into john dotson wide receiver three those two guys are interchangeable doesn't really matter who the slot guy is you have three guys that are fast three guys that can create after the catch right we haven't had three receivers that were this good since the jameson crowder um Deshaun uh Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garcon year that was like the best wide receiving core that I've had since I've been a fan since 1999 so it's great to finally see okay out of these three wide receivers we drafted two we drafted Terry in the third round some years ago and then we drafted Jahan Dotson 16th overall after moving back from 12 so He has looked awesome. He led the team in touchdowns this year, seven touchdowns. So that's a strength right there. Now, you ask yourself, who are the backups? Will these guys be back next year? Deami Brown took some strides this year. He definitely showed me more than some of the young guys that that we've had over the the, the course of trying to draft a guy. It didn't work out with Antonio Gandy-Golden. I'm not really here to point fingers and say this guy didn't work or that guy didn't work. But what I'm saying is, Deami Brown played very good versus that Titans uh, um, game, like that matchup. Obviously, Jahan Dotson missing some games, so then you opened up some more opportunities for Deami Brown. 
He didn't really play a lot of – well, he played some special teams and, you know, did some pretty good things on special teams, but that's kind of how you stick around. You know, Cam Sims, he played some special teams, but he really was not a factor in the wide receiving group this year. Obviously, opportunity, you have three guys that you have to, like, fight to get some, you know, get some snaps from. But other than that, Cam Sims didn't give us much. You need to upgrade from Cam Sims moving forward. But then again, if he comes back on a cheap deal and, you know, the size, but we didn't even utilize him. So we don't really know who the offensive coordinator is going to be. We don't know who the quarterback is going to be. So those are some of the things to where can Cam Sims be beneficial to us offensively? He does a lot of different things for the team, but offensively, can the team upgrade from Cam Sims? I say yes. Dax Mill, a guy who ended up being our sixth wide receiver, we decided to let – I forgot the, the wide receiver we had the year before that played well on special teams that, you know, did some punt returning for us. Now you have what's good, Darius Grant. Appreciate you hopping on the stream. Now you have a guy, you know, in Dax Mill who gave you nothing in the punt return game. So you have to find another wide receiver who can come in and give you some punt return positive. I mean, because Dax Mill gave you nothing, right? Every time he touched the ball, max, he might get you nine, maybe 10 yards. Runs around in a circle, doesn't have the speed, doesn't have the quickness, can't really make a move and then create and gain more yards. I can't even tell you what Dax Mills long was on a punt return. We'll check that later once we dig into the stats. Um, Now, let's look at the offensive line group, which I thought was the weakest position for the team. Being wide receivers is the strength. The weakest was the offensive line. Charles Leno had a bad year. Backup Cornelius Lucas, he's solid. Maybe the team drafts another left tackle or drafts another tackle to where you swing, you know, uh, Charles Leno to the right, and then maybe you move uh, Samuel Cosme to guard. I don't know. There can be a lot of reshuffling, but one thing that Ron Rivera always says is that, you know what? Position flexes everything, right? So, yeah, Charles Leno had a, a down year, but he's consistent. He did stay on the field. Um, he reminds me of uh, Morgan, Morgan Moses. When he was here, he was available. Sometimes, you know, he didn't always perform to the best of, you know, his abilities, but it just is what it is. Uh, Ladari says, Dax is only known for Zach Wilson's fiasco. <laughs> He's trash. Yeah, Dax Mill is pretty, pretty bad. Yeah. Um, it's, he's pretty, pretty bad. So um, back to the offensive line. Wes Weitzer playing center. I don't like that. We need to change this. I mean, Wes Weitzer is a better guard, left guard, right guard, swing guard, whatever you want to call him. I don't like Wes Weitzer as my center. I don't. I don't like it. Nick Martin, we have to upgrade the center position. One way or the other, you got to bring in a true center, a legit center, even if it means drafting one in the third or fourth round. Has to be done. Andrew Noel, terrible. He's out of here. Chris Paul, maybe he's a guy that sticks on the team as a depth piece. He was a seventh-round pick. He played solid in that last game versus Dallas. Trey Turner, terrible. Get him out of here. Sadiq Charles, I've not seen anything since he's been in D.C. It might be time to go ahead and move on from Sadiq Charles. Cornelius Lucas, swing tackle, he's solid. Samuel Cosme, he's solid, but I prefer Samuel Cosme more as a right guard than I do as a right tackle. So Maybe the team drafts a left tackle and moves Charles Leno to the right and you, you know, get this, you know, so a lot of things can be done. A lot of things can be done on this offensive line. It might 
take just getting rid of some guys, four or five guys. It might take bringing in four or five new guys. I don't know. But we have to fix this offensive line some way, some shape or form. And that means investing into it. There's, there's no more getting discounts in Norwell and getting discounts in Turner. No, those days of discounts are over with. Yes, West Schweitzer was a good pickup when that time was. But it's time to invest into this position, solidify, get you a new center, get you at least a, another guard and maybe another tackle. And then it changes everything. All right. Okay. Now, the quarterback position. It was bad, but it wasn't the weakest position. You know, you had Taylor Heineke, who's a pretty good backup. Taylor Heineke did what he could as a backup, and we appreciate him for that. But he's just not that dude. Carson Wentz, he was terrible. He was a terrible signing. I tried to stand by him and try to support him the best I could, but he just wasn't good. He wasn't good. And then Sam Howell, he gives us just that one game. We have that one game to go off of. I kind of wish that Sam Howell got multiple games this year. But because we were competing and trying to make the playoffs, you couldn't really play a rookie and didn't even know what he could bring at that point. So if you go to Sam Howell too early, it's kind of like you're giving up on the season. But then maybe you get a better draft pick. Just because you get a better draft uh, pick position or better draft position doesn't mean that you're going to hit on that pick. So that's another thing. We've had guys like Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen. These guys fell to us in the draft and we benefited from those guys falling. So it really doesn't matter where you're drafting from. Sometimes you just got to just continue to just hammer away. You have to continue to hammer away. Sometimes that happens. So um, the running back position uh, is a position that was revamped this year when you added a Brian Robinson Jr. Brian Robinson Jr. were solid. And then you have Antonio Gibson, who was used a lot in space. So I love the two as a combo. But I also feel like we need to upgrade this position. Maybe you add another guy that can come in and give you more than Jonathan Williams can. Maybe bring in another guy that can come in and give you a little bit of what Brian Robinson does and then a little bit of what Antonio Gibson does. Just in case you get injuries, you do not want to be one-dimensional. You want to have guys that can do multiple things, right? So we're done with the offensive side. Let's look at the defensive side of the ball. The defensive side of the ball is supposed to be the strength of the team, right? This is where we're supposed to be. This is this, like these are the guys, right? You're excited about the defense. They fly around. They're supposed to make plays and do this and do that. Montez Sweat was very good this year. And I'm going to get into all the stats. Deron Payne took a massive leap from the defensive tackle position. He should have been an uh, a all-pro. He should have been a, a pro bowler. Obviously, of course, Jonathan Allen, the leader of this defense, he did his thing. Chase Young played a few games. Maybe they should have shut him shut him down for the season. He's entering a pivotal, pivotal year, and he has to take a leap because guess what? He's due to be paid. What do you do there? What do you do with Payne? Do you sign Payne? Do you let Payne go? Do you trade? Do you tag and trade? So many different scenarios. Montez Sweat, he's going to be coming up. So a lot of guys to really figure out on this defensive line. But I would say keep this line together as long as possible, which might be a year, maybe two years. I don't know. You have to invest in the linebacking core. So the, so the defensive line is the like the, the best portion of this defense, is the strength of this defense, right? And then you're looking at the linebackers. They were the worst. They were worse than worse. You got David Mayo, Jamin Davis, you know, Milo Effler and, and, and John Bostic and, and Khalid Hudson. Kalik Hudson did play well in that game versus Dallas, but you got to play more of Kalik and less of guys like Bostic and Mayo. It's just common sense. Like, you cannot roll out with these guys and say these are our guys. And then, of course, Holcomb getting hurt. 
That didn't help the situation, but still, you need more. Jamin Davis took a big step. They used him as a pass rusher at times, which I did like. But it's like you got to get more. You you, you got to get more out of Jamin Davis. You got to get more out of Jamin Davis. And um, this group as a whole needs help. If I'm the commanders, the only guys that I would bring back would be Jamin Davis, maybe Khalid Hudson. If Cole Holcomb goes, you can upgrade off of Cole Holcomb. It's okay. Cole Holcomb is a big part of what the team does. You know, I like Holcomb. I hope he comes back. But I'm saying if he leaves, then you got to do something, whether it's free agency. I would love to see them draft somebody in the draft in the mid in the mid rounds. And then just kind of hope and just see if these guys plug and fit your system. You can't find good linebacker linebackers in the in the fourth and fifth round. You really can. It's just are you willing to do that? They have not invested in the linebacking group outside of drafting Jamin Davis. It's like they don't care about that linebacking position. It's it's crazy. It's mind-boggling. You need a guy that can cover. You need a guy that can tackle, a guy that can, you know, play play around the box, a guy, a guy that can possibly play that Buffalo nickel, which they love so much. Um, the secondary was more solid than what I thought it was going to be. Let's break it down, safeties, and let's break it down. Corners. Kendall Fuller started out slow, then he picked up some steam and started doing some really good things, and he made us remember and think, Hey, I'm Kendall Fuller, and Kendall Fuller's not as old as he played, but he, he, he at times he played pretty bad. Kendall Fuller has been solid this season, uh, this past season, and during his whole tenure here in D.C. I was like, hey, get rid of Kendall Fuller, and I'm like, oh, he can stick around. But at the end of the day, you still need another corner. What I would like to see is the commanders possibly go corner at 16, draft one of those top guys to pair with a Benjamin St. Juice. Benjamin St. Juice is going to be somebody. He's going to be somebody. I can't tell you what kind of player he's going to be, but he's going to be a stud. And then you can still have that rookie with St. Juice, Kendall Fuller. Then you got something here in the corner position. You know, you got Wild Goose and Christian Holmes and Danny Johnson. You can just, hey, sprinkle some of that, sprinkle some of this. And then, hey, you, then your corner group starts to look a little bit better. Maybe you bring in a free agent to push Wild Goose and uh, Christian Holmes. Their, their jobs are not safe. Danny Johnson, your job isn't safe, undrafted and uh, seventh rounder. And I don't even know what round Wagos went. So it's like you got to push these guys. You got to let these guys know, hey, this is full out competition. Then we go into the safety portion of this. Might be stronger than the corners. If you're talking as a whole, Derek Forrest broke out this year, led the commanders in, in, in interceptions. But it was more than that. He made big hits. He made timely plays. He made clutch plays on defense all year. That's what you're talking about. You draft a guy in the fourth round and you start to develop him. And, okay, somebody goes down, you put him in, and you're like, man, you got something here. And then now you can't bring him out because he's played so well. He played borderline Pro Bowl level play, uh, play this year. Cameron Curl, he was solid, one of the better strong safeties in the league. That's another guy, Money. It's going to be tight. We got to pay Cameron Curl soon. You know, Bobby McCain, he played okay. He's a guy that I do not mind moving on from. You know, I, I'm almost tired of Bobby McCain. But, hey, he, he played better this season than he did last season. So I got to give him credit there. And then Jeremy Reeves, man, this guy right here, our special teams ace, a guy that does a little bit of everything. This is, I mean, this is what it is. This is what it is. He's very, very good, very, very solid at what he does. And I'm excited to have Jeremy Reeves to round up this safety group. And then you cannot forget Percy Butler, this year's rookie. He's going to take a leap similar to Derek Forrest. When is his time? Percy Butler is going to show you guys what he's all about. So 
that's the review in a nutshell. And then obviously special teams. You can't forget these guys. You have Tress Way, solid. Joey Sly had an up and down season. He needs to go. It's time to upgrade off of Joey Sly. And then Tress Way, uh, once again, holder. And then long snapper Cameron Cheeseman. And then kickoff returner. I love Antonio Gibson as a kickoff returner. Like I said, Dax Mill got to go. He needs to go. Okay. Um, saw nothing as a punt returner. Even as a backup kickoff returner, I, I mean, he just needs to be off the team. Jahan Dotson is a backup punt returner. I love that. I would love to see Jahan Dotson possibly return punts. Get the ball in his hands as much as possible and, and just, just let him let him ball out. Let him ball out. I think you need playmakers returning punts, and that's where we really need to find a, a true punt returner and maybe a guy that can return punts and kickoffs to where Antonio Gibson is now the backup, like the backup kickoff returner. So that's that. Let's look at some numbers. You guys know that, that I love numbers. I'm a numbers guy. So when you're looking at stats, there's stats, and then there's also what your eyes tell you when you actually watch the games. Yes, Brian Robinson had almost 800 yards rushing, but he played and looked like he was a guy who rushed for, you know, 1,000 yards. He was that good. He was that effective. The quarterbacks as a whole, <laughs> I mean, you combine these numbers together, and it's one terrible quarterback. I'm not going to get into, you know, so much of – the touchdowns and, and 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 the interceptions and things of that nature. Terry McLaurin, another solid year, another 1,000-yard season, 1,100 yards, but I need more touchdowns out of Terry McLaurin. Like, we cannot be making excuses for Terry anymore. It's time for him to elevate his game. We are going to need touchdowns. Terry, we're paying you like a number one receiver. We're paying you like one of the best wide receivers in the league, and we're going to need more. Curtis Samuel. He had under 700 yards. I predicted him for around 750. You know, he missed it by 100. But then it's poor quarterback play. So maybe you, when you get some upgraded quarterback play, maybe the wide receivers' numbers look better in general. I'm not more so, even though I'm a numbers guy, if the team is winning and producing, that's actually better than the actual numbers. So I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna let the numbers thing go as long as they are winning games and they are productive. Because sometimes you can have a, a productive offense, but the numbers might not be so great or amazing, okay? So, yeah, Terry, next year I'm expecting him to get some touchdowns. He's going to need some touchdowns. He's going to need more targets and more receptions. But I think with the evolution of Jahan Dotson, you're going to see a way better Terry McLaurin come next season. But we'll see. Maybe Terry takes a step back for Jahan to take a step forward. As long as we're winning, I don't care really what happens with the wide receiving core. Curtis Samuel, I've talked about this on previous episodes. Maybe it's time to where the team can move on from Curtis Samuel. Maybe you can put that money elsewhere. Maybe you move on from Curtis Samuel and you draft somebody in the draft in the third or fourth round to replace him a lot cheaper, rookie rookie deal. Um, maybe a, a undrafted free agent might come in and, you know, surprise. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, to conserve money, we got to pay a lot of people and invest in this much into the wide receiving room. The only guy that possibly is expendable is Curtis Samuel, especially right now. But I, I look, I love all three being here. I am not complaining. That is not what I'm saying. I enjoy having really good wide receivers. I'm just saying, if you need to, you know, be 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 a little bit cheaper or conservative in a certain position. It could be wide receiver. We have two running backs that are under the rookie deal in Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson. When it's time to pay uh, Gibson, we'll have to figure it out. 
Maybe you let them walk and you draft another one. Like you never pay running backs. I mean, that's just one thing that you don't do. It's a rule. Uh, Jamin Davis took strides on this team as a tackler. Um, he, you know, rushed a passer a little bit. Uh, Derek Forrest, man, solid. Cameron Curl. These are all guys that did very, very well. Like I said, Deron Payne, 11.5 sacks is insane for me. As a defensive tackle, 11.5 sacks, is that's as good as it's going to get. And he had to take the next step in his game because there were a lot of people talking a lot of trash, saying, hey, do you let Deron Payne go? And it's not even about the sack numbers. It's about the impact. It's about the tackles for loss. It's about the different things that he was able to do. And if you compare his numbers through his career, right, um, rookie season, five sacks, two sacks, three sacks, 4.5. Then he explodes for 11.5. Deron Payne is getting paid. Whether it's the commanders paying him, whether it's somebody else, this guy had a career high 64 tackles, had a career high 11.5 sacks. He had a safety. I mean, what did he not do? Pass defense, five. I mean, he was that guy. He was that guy. And I'm telling you guys, he's going to get paid one way or the other. Montez Sweat had a Montez Sweat type season. Um, you know, he was he was really good this year. He was really, really, really good this year. And in his four years with the commanders, you, know, you got, you know, seven sacks. You got nine, nine sacks, five sacks, eight sacks. So, I mean, this is pretty solid. And he's due to get paid. He just finished his fourth year. The commanders are going to give him that fifth-year option. And then you figure it out when it's his time. You got to pay. You got to pay pain or tag him. And then you got to, uh, you know. Fifth year, uh, Montez Sweat, and you just keep it moving. Like I said, this could be the last year that this defensive line is together just because of the financials, but this is a solid group, one of the best groups in the league, and I think that they haven't really even taken that next step to that next level. You know what I'm saying? Um, last year, you saw Jonathan Allen break out. You know, um, he had um, nine sacks last year. That was great career high this year he took a step back 7.5 but he still continued to play at that pro bowl level so that didn't change from his rookie season till now he had one sack eight six two nine 7.5 i mean that's solid like i said defensive tackles are not really necessarily supposed to get a lot of sacks anyways if they're getting anywhere between six to seven that's really really good there's some really really good defensive tackles that are getting around under five sacks so Anytime you see these guys get over seven sacks, it's it's, it's amazing to me. It it really is. And like I said, uh, he had a, a great year tackling this year. He had, um, you know, 65 tackles, um, you know, defended uh, three passes, had an interception. I mean, what couldn't he do this year? Like I'm, I'm telling you guys, Payne and Allen created such a, a bond and a duo that made this defense look so good and so amazing. So, like I said, this is <laughs> this is the group. This is the group that uh, – that literally carries this team. Derek Forrest, like I said, guys, four interceptions. Kendall Fuller, three. He ran two back for touchdowns, which is really, really solid for uh, Kendall Fuller in a year to where, you know, he's still 27 years old, um, still very young. But it was like there were times that he were playing, and it was like, man, what's going on? Is it, is it the right scheme? And, you know, William Jackson the third. I mean, it just didn't mesh. The minute they got rid of William Jackson the third, you start to see the defense play a little bit better. You start to see the secondary play a little bit better. And from the time that he's been with us back in 2016, those first two years, he had four interceptions and had two. Then uh, when he came back to Washington after two years in Kansas City, he had four picks. Then he had one and three. So he's getting back to his form. He's getting back to his element. Um, of course, tackles are down this year. 
which is not necessarily a good or a bad thing. It's just one of those things. He defended 13 passes, um, which is the second most of his career. So he had an all-around really, really solid season. Like I said, he returned two of those three interceptions for touchdowns. So two pick sixes, man, I'll take that all day. Still need to improve that group. And um, I love the corners as a whole. Just needs to, just a little bit more tweaking uh, to really make this group a whole lot better. Derek Forrest, man, I'm excited about this guy. I uh, came in fourth round pick in his second year, took a major, major leap from the time that he was here to, to now. I mean, his first year in the league, he had eight games that he played. He started none. He was more of a special teams guy. Well, he comes in sparingly and plays, right? Then you become a guy who comes in sparingly, but then now you become a full-time starter, you know, played 17 games and you started 11. And from those times that you were starting, you start to see in like, uh, um, he starts to evolve. You know, he had 88 combined tackles. You know, he had 49 solo tackles. You know, um, he defended nine passes. He had four picks. You know, I wish he had a pick six, but it don't matter. Some of the picks he made were acrobatic and crazy. And that's what you love about Derek Forrest. I love where uh, the team is defensively. Offensively, you still need <laughs> you still need some help. You need some help uh, offensively. But overall, I think that they're going to uh, do what they can in the draft to go ahead and add some guys that are, that are going to come in and, and literally change this franchise. You need a quarterback. That's the biggest thing. You need a quarterback. But if you want to go the route of Sam Howell, then you got to bring in a guy who was less talented than Sam Howell or that you can compete with. Or a guy that, that, that is coming in on a good contract. You know, I'm hearing that Taylor Heineke might demand a lot of money. Maybe, you know, it's, as much as I love Taylor Heineke, it's time to move on from Taylor Heineke. Let's see what you got in Sam Howell and then bring in another vet to where it's neutral. So that way it's not like, okay, if Sam is struggling and you go to Taylor Heineke again and it's three years in a row of Taylor Heineke trying to bail us out, then we're like a middling team. So maybe you bring in a guy like uh, Andy Dalton or uh, Jacoby Brissett. Somebody like that. And if Sam Howell can't beat out a guy like that, Sam Howell does not deserve to be in the, in the NFL. No disrespect to Sam Howell, no disrespect to Jacoby Brissett, but that's kind of where I'm leaning towards, a guy that can come in for under $5 million and then compete with Sam Howell. And then if it doesn't work, if the, if, the, if the record is bad, then guess what? Sam Howell, goodbye. Get out of here. Get out of here, then you move on from Sam Howell, and then you possibly go into 24 with the intentions of, you know what, we're drafting our quarterback. The team was going to get sold. There's no guarantee that the new owner keeps Ron Rivera employed. So you have that too. So potentially, if things don't go well this year, there's going to be a new coach next year. If, they, if there's a new coach, that coach would definitely love to draft his own quarterback. That's kind of how it goes. I'm not in on, on the whole Derek Carr thing. Derek Carr coming here means that you have to trade some assets. Derek Carr coming here on a contract or a free agency, that's fine. You see how we kind of got out of uh, Carson Wentz's contract and we were able to recover from what we gave up. We traded back, picked up an extra third, and then, you know, not playing him, you get that second back. So um, it was beautiful all around. And then you have a, a third year, uh, a third round comp pick this year. So we didn't really lose too much other than Carson Wentz taking up space. And, you know, that 28 million, you can't cry about it. It's over with, you know, it just didn't work. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what we do. I don't say trade for a guy because there's no there's nobody available that you can trade for that puts you as a team that's a quarterback away or a team that's 
competing for, I won't say championships, you know, contending in the playoffs year in and year out, you know, but you see teams like 49ers, they have everything. They have a rookie quarterback who's working and their system is, I mean, everything is gelling. They have the weapons all around. It's similar to what the commanders have, but you got to get that elite type running back. If you want to be in that class, like the 49ers, we do have the elite wide receivers. Yes. Jahan Dotson and Terry are on the same level as Debo Samuel and Ayuk. You know, we don't have the tight end in George Kittle, but hey, you know, with time, with time, you can find these different pieces. So, guys, this is the episode. Thank you guys for listening. This is Talking Commanders with Manny, a regular season review, the 100th episode um, that I've done. So, appreciate you guys. Please subscribe, please share on YouTube, on the Talking Sports with Manny YouTube channel. And then also, if you guys would do me a big favor and subscribe to the podcast, share the podcast. Give me a five-star rating and leave me a review. It helps to boost the podcast. So you guys can find me on Apple, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcast. Search Talking Commanders with Manny. It's a Commanders podcast. So I'm going to see you guys on the next episode, and I hope you guys have a great rest of the day. I'm out. Peace.